You're about to listen to youth-produced content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin Cities social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. Learn more at www.listenupyouthradio.org. This episode originally aired in August 2018. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for... Tuning in to tuning in to just listen, and uh, we are going to introduce some questions and discuss some questions that we have today. Our first question is: What would ten-year-old yourself think about you today? Ten years old, I think I was like really emotionally distressed and was learning about the world in in like like there's so much to like learn, and I think. 10 years old is like a really like hard time um I think I would see myself as like I first started dyeing my hair when I turned 10 and I found out about like eyeliner and started like getting into makeup not very well but like I tried <laughs> and but like also at the same time at like 10 years old I was still like outside in the mud and like playing games and like wrestling with other children and just like being a kid so like 10 is like a really hard time I think trying to decide of like who you are I think how I would have seen myself I think I've accomplished like more than I thought I could of course like I'm not like where I wanted to be as at at, at 10 I wanted to be like an FBI detective and like maybe like work on the police force or like I used to watch a lot of like criminal minds and it was like really intense and I was like I was gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do that and instead I make pottery all day and I work on art and I don't know if I would be disappointed more so just like my goals changed and I think that's like a part of growing up is like you realize like what you want to do and who you want to be and that changes as you grow up um and so, like, at 10, I feel like I accomplished my goals. And I feel like I made it and I'm living it. And I just got to, like, keep doing what I need to be doing to accomplish my goals. However they change. I'm Devontae. And uh, I think at 10 years old, uh, I don't think I really had a playful childhood. Um... At 10 years old, I had to deal with some adult situations. It's just, you know, it's just not being able to uh, connect with my dad and not having a relationship with my dad. Um, uh, just not being certain on just kind of things around me or people around me. Uh, um, so at 10 years old, I was kind of, uh, I was aware, but it was more of just not knowing who I could count on, who I could trust, who's going to be around me one day, then the next day I don't see him. So it was just kind of the uncertainty, not knowing just how it's going to go from day to day at that age. That 10-year-old Devontae would look at me today as, like, being able to kind of, you know, diagnose all of those things today. Um, It's kind of finding my way. 
knowing who to trust, but being able to 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 kind of persevere through all of those, you know, uh, uncertainties when I was younger. Uh, it's a little bit more clear now. I understand a lot more. You know, obviously, my experience a lot more since then. And uh, I think that 10-year-old self would be proud of my 25-year-old self today for just making it through so much, being resilient enough to uh, keep going, living life. And now I got a relationship with my father, you know, which is a good thing for me. I'm proud of that. Uh, um, I'm a lot more, like, family-oriented. So I know what it means to be, like, kind of be in that structure. I can go on and on, but yeah. For me, being thin is not like so much sad. But mine, when I was younger, that was where my happy, that was like the most happy time because I was, I was with the people that looked like me, the people that spoke my language. I was in my own like culture and Basically, I was surrounded by like my whole family. Now I, um, I'm here. I don't have my family is not around me. I barely see like my dad and the family I do have here is like not around me. They're like in another like country, so it makes it hard because I feel like all alone and that doesn't help because I keep to myself too, and that makes me even sadder so it's not really like a happy time for me here i'd rather like go back to to africa basically because that's where i've like had my happiest memories and just like see my mom again and be surrounded by like my culture because i miss it a lot i feel so isolated here but yeah i think my 10 year old self will be proud of me because even though I don't have anybody around me, I still like, I'm very focused and responsible and I, I work hard and because all, all of the, the reason I'm still here and I don't like, is just because of my mom and my family kind of like depends on me a lot because apparently like I thought I was only supposed to bring my mom here but now it's like the whole family and it's like so much pressure but yeah my 10 year old would be proud of myself for keep going and like working hard and just keeping strong in like keeping my hope alive basically that i'll see my family again this is joshua and what would my 10 year old self tell today i think he'd tell me i could do more like, I shouldn't stop right here. This is not this is not the end of the road, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to keep going. He'll probably be, like, disappointed in certain things that I'm doing now and probably proud of me for, like, getting my own spot at this age. Like, dang, like, come on now. And yeah, he probably is. He's probably proud of me and mad at me at the same time, you know? The enemy is, like... Yo, you got to keep going, bro. Why are you stopping right now? I feel like I would tell myself if, like, the, if I was 10 years old and I told myself, like, I'd be like, well, why is you, why is you worrying about all this other 
attention when you need to look in the mirror and attend to yourself. You feel me? Like you don't need nobody, nobody else to tell you what you gotta do or where you gotta be at a certain time. You ain't gotta tell nobody. You your own self now. Like you're not a kid no more. That's probably what he, hey, you're not no kid no more. You're not, you're almost 20. Dang, that's almost 10 years. That's crazy. I don't know. I'd probably be really upset with myself. To be real with you, like, because I ain't do, I ain't do what I really wanted when I was little. I used to want to be like a firefighter, you know, a lawyer or something. Bruh. I done worked at Pizza Hut, Jimmy John's, Salvation Army. I ain't never made it close to being a firefighter nor a lawyer. But I can still, you know, I can still get at it. You feel me? Like, I, I can't stop right here. It's like, this is not the end. It's just the beginning of a new a new era. You feel me? Like, I'm older now. You can't stop the grind now. You feel me? Uh, that's what I would tell myself. The next question is... Um talking about sexual health and like what is so what is sexual health and how do we protect ourselves today this is joshua again by the way to protect your like your your temple or your being your your human body you must be aware of your surroundings aware of the people that are around you like that you're dealing with on a daily basis like people can say that they you know they care about you, they, they care or love you or something. But that doesn't mean that they just don't want to, you know, you know, be a part of your little, little get-go, you know what I'm saying, your little grind. So it's like, to protect yourself, you have to have your mind. You need your mind. Because your heart, your heart going to lead you off everywhere you go, I swear. Like, your heart, your heart going, the mind will tell you to do this and your heart go the other way with everything. So it's like, I don't know, you got to you gotta have your mind straight. Your mind has to be on point to understand your body or understand what you're going through physically and mentally. Like, it's not just about sex, you know? It's all about, like, surviving and keep your, keep your body thriving and keep, keep going with your, your temple or your being, you know? So it's like... I don't know, just make make sacrifices like that you don't, like certain things you don't really need. Like like I said, you don't really need people's attention. Attend to yourself, feel me? That's a good way to make sure your health is good and you well, like physically and mentally. But the physical quote, you need protection, okay? That's one thing you need. You need, you need that protection. You need to go the... The extra, the extra hand, you know what I'm saying? Because you don't want no baby and you don't want to end up with some mysterious rash, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, I'm not, I can't go. I got to keep going. I'm, I'm not faulty, you feel me? So you got to keep, it's not even a joke. Like, I'm just, this is how I act. Like, I just, you got to smile about certain things because there's people going through that and you don't even, you couldn't even know it. You wouldn't even know it because they ain't going to tell you because, Hey, I don't want everybody knowing about my business. Like, but if you tell somebody, they going some. There's gonna be someone that understands. Like, you gonna have somebody that's like, 
well, you can do this to help that out. Or you can go the extra hand and take care of it before anything even happens, you know? But my main, my main thing my dad told me was just keep a rubber and protect your heart because that's, that's, that's what you need. Them two, them two things is important things in your life and your mind. Your mind, you need that to, you got to keep your mind. That's your mainframe. What is sexual health? What it means to me is just kind of being in tune with yourself. Uh, being honest with yourself. I mean, um, being aware of people you connect with and being able to communicate with that person and even talking about, you know, talking about this to somebody that you might want to do it with. I think it's best to be educated on, you know, who you might get intimate with. Just kind of be, you know, be aware of who that person is, get to know that person, um, and just, uh, I think, you know, healthy communication about this topic you know, if you're dealing with somebody, I think it's best to talk about, you know, um, how y'all both feel about it. Um, maybe even take a trip to, uh, you know, take a trip to the clinic, you know. At a certain point in the process, you take a trip to the clinic. You guys both get tested. It's only going to do good, you know. Uh, and just kind of being understanding of your morals around sexual education, like, do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Maybe you do want to have kids, but I think it's a time and a place for it, too. But uh, I just think ultimately just being real with yourself first, being honest, being smart, um, being aware of what you can control. And that's obviously bringing, you know, having uh, protection, um, being prepared. Preparation is the, I think preparation is is the best thing. It's the key to kind of uh, not getting um, an infection or or a disease or you know knowing different ways to get it or just being. I just think it's just being educated. I mean, just being educated. Do your research. You know, don't be afraid to you know talk to your boyfriend or girlfriend and let them know that. Um, this means a lot to me, you know, you know, and I think it's just all about having a process, you know, with getting to know somebody. I mean, um, and if you are going to just do it with anybody, then you just have protection. I mean, uh, and, and kind of just being aware of. I mean, it's 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 a lot of different ways. It's a lot of different, you know, meanings of having interaction, sexual interaction, intercourse. You know, I mean, it's oral, it's you know, penetration. So it's a lot of different ways, and just knowing that you know, everything doesn't prevent you know a disease like a condom doesn't. You know, uh, oral sex might not prevent you from getting infected. So, I mean, it's a lot more to it than just sexual education or sexual health. So, talking about sexual health, I think it's important to address that, like, 
every every single person on this earth has like a sexual desire and like needs sex to like be happy and live a productive life um i think the biggest thing is like you have to be safe like talking about talking about like your goals you want to be safe you're not going to reach your goals if you have to have a setback because you had sex so it's being aware of like how can you protect yourself when you're having sex um condoms denture dams um over the counter protection we don't really have that in the states but um there are like pills that can protect you from hiv and different things um especially if you're having like one night stands and just sex as much as you want which is great do that but you need to protect yourself from from pregnancy from diseases um even from bad people like you have to protect yourself emotionally from like dangerous people too that could be thrown into sexual health um yeah and like i think the biggest thing too is like getting education out there we see all these like stories of like smaller states not talking about like sexual education and like abstinence only and it like it grates on me <laughs> like you've gotta like be aware of like if you do if you don't want to have sex and you want to wait until marriage and you want to you have these goals set out for yourself great wonderful do that wait for that time when you are ready but the issue that i have is that we're not talking about it to other people and giving those people those options and something they don't know how to be safe um, because they weren't raised in a household that talked about it. And that is something I think we need to talk about how to be safe in our community. Everybody kind of like said what I wanted to say. But as they might see my song, I feel like whenever you're faced with a situation that could turn sexual, I feel like you should like have like a quick talk with yourself. Like, how is this if... Uh, this could go wrong and that could happen like am i mentally prepared for it do i have like the finance if i happen to get pregnant or anything like that like just have like that quick talk is this person worth it do i really like want this right now or is it just like that i don't know alcohol or something i think yeah it's super important to have that talk with yourself to check in with yourself just to make sure you're like you're ready and I also think that even though schools talk about it and we have classes I think like they need to do a better job at explaining stuff or like just going about it because even though I had the class in high school I can barely like remember anything and it didn't really like impact me that much like anything I know now is from like online and most of the time it's like, I still get surprised, um, like, on health posters, some fast about it that, like, the, it, it's a little, but, it, like, the teachers didn't touch on it because they um, assume everybody will know. But just, like, little things like that, I feel like the educational part of it should be, like, improved too, you know? Yeah, I have one more thought. Um, I'm Devontae again. Uh, I think uh, sexual education in schools and colleges, uh, I don't think it only should be talked about in schools. I think it should be talked about uh, everywhere you go. 
at the colleges, churches, universities, um, even like you know gatherings or or you know you know just kind of promoting it. You know when they have like a block party or a national night out, just having some having some type of um, some type of setup for this. I mean, it should be promoted everywhere. You know, I think a lot of people aren't aware of, you know, what it means to be safe. You know, I mean, because, you know, it sounds so simple. But, you know, you know, that's when you run into people. I mean, there's people out here that can manipulate, you know, how you feel, uh, take advantage of you. A man could be using protection, but a man knows exactly how to take it away from you. Or take it from you. So, I mean, you know, it it can get deep. So, I just think, you know, sexual education should be promoted everywhere. You know, because even adults should know about it. You know, I don't think. uh, But for that to happen, it has to become serious, like a serious thing. I don't think it's that serious to people. Uh, They just become numb to that. You know, like getting pregnant is the norm. Like, or people make it seem like that's, you know, like, you know. So, yeah, it's just better promotion for it, you know, because uh, the more you see it, the more you learn about it, the more you, the more it's in front of your face, eventually, you know, it should, you know, do something to you. So, yeah. It just came to me while he was talking. I feel like the most important thing, if you decide to participate in that, is, like, trust. To trust yeah, like your partner, and yeah, just to have like trust for that person, and enough that they won't do anything to like kind of like mess you up. Yeah, that's it. Hello, um, people. Um, thank you for uh, tuning in to our show. Just listen. Our first question is: What is the closest experience you have had to a twilight zone? Adana here. Yes, it is. The closest experience I've had to a Twilight Zone was when I came from Ethiopia to America because over there I was really living like in a tribe setting and knowing like 30 people at most to the, up to the age of six. So it was like, I, I'm not going to pinpoint the year exactly what it felt like. But it was kind of like saying, like, you're born in the 1500s type shit. And then I came here, and then it's like, oh, no, just kidding. It's like 2005, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so that was, like, really weird. And the only way I can describe it is time traveling. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was time traveling. And um, I was also, like, living in bliss, too, and was not aware of anything. Like, roads, nothing like lollipops nothing so you gotta hand make it you know like everything was new so when I came here there was like a lot of like sensory overload and they wouldn't like take us out like if they had to like go grocery shopping or something like we were gonna like stay inside or target this too much like we just go crazy it was too much of an experience each time but now I know too much I've seen too much I'm disturbed. I'm traumatized. Stay in the 1500s. <laughs> I'm Anthony, and um, I can say my whole life was a twilight zone. 
and I ain't trying to be funny, people, because um, I'm from Louisiana, and I'm going to say it like this. I noticed something about my childhood that I didn't notice till years later. I was always being tested, and I'm not talking about, you know, personal or bully, like, scientifically tested. Because how I grew up, it was like a battle between religion and science. They were always going at each other, and us kids in my neighborhood, we were like the monkeys in the middle. So, me being the young kid I was, I liked to explore a lot of things. So, they always used to be fascinated by the stuff I did, because they looked at it as a miracle. Especially the fact that, um, when it comes to history, I know a lot about World War II in very details and they say that's unique because some of the stuff you know about that particular event most young people should not know because that's very explicit details and they ask me how do you know that I say I pay attention but they say you know it's so accurate like you actually was there and someone said that's reincarnation which I still don't see no sign of that whatsoever but my whole life was like a weird twilight zone because people just believe in weird things. And some people just still say, that, are you human? Are you some experiment or something? Or a lady actually said, what the hell are you? And I said, ma'am, I'm just a kid. You one fascinating of a kid to know that much. That's what a brain is for, lady. You use it wisely, you know? So, pretty much my whole life was one weird twilight zone, and it still is. You said something about, like, if people asked you if you were an experiment. Yeah. And I can relate to that, because there was, like, a time in my life where I was, like, 16. And I was like, um, like, oh, are you going to school? No. Are you living with your parents? No. Like, if you ask me one question, it's just going to lead to another question. It's just going to be like, you got to go to the beginning, because basic yes questions should be should be yeses that are noes question number two how do you remain committed in a long distance relationship I think commitment depends on each person or the kind of person people are um, I feel like I could I don't know if I could do it because if I was going through something, I need the person to like physically be there to do whatever they can. I don't know. I don't. I don't have much experience with people, so I wouldn't know. I have never been in a long distance relationship, and I don't think I would ever begin a relationship like that. The only way we would get there is, like, if we had already, like, been dating and somehow somebody, for whatever reason, had to move somewhere else. And even in that, even in that scenario, like, depending on how long it is, we might have to, like, break up and, like, see if we can get back together when we are together. But um, just the, from, like, my experience in my own life... If you're not in front of me, you're dead to me. This is, is it, like, this is the same as dead, because I know, like, technology exists and everything, but it's the same as somebody else not, you, you can't be there.
So I would just say like reunite, but staying committed, I think has to do, long distance or not, staying committed has to do with knowing when you need attention and reaching out to that person. I have experienced a long distance relationship, but it didn't necessarily last too long. My personal opinion is, um, it's only so much that you can control uh, in the long distance relationship. I feel like um, your morals and your standards and how you love and how you present your love is, that's really the, all you can really do. I mean, um, now, if you can't see that person, you're obviously not going to know if that person is going to do you the same way. So, um, you kind of, if you're going to be in a relationship, a long-distance relationship, you kind of got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. This is kind of how I look at it because how would you know some, the, that person is going to be faithful to you? Like, you're, you would never really know. Um, so, I think it's just all about just knowing what you can control and... Um, just being able to understand that it's a lot of stuff that come with a long distance relationship like so um but I think it's ways around it I mean I, it's it's only it only works when you guys are actually like communicating visiting each other um cause I mean you could I mean it's possible for it to last it just has to be it has to be a little bit more effort than it you know than you know if you was face to face with that person um, you got to stay committed, connected. If it's meant to be, if you guys kind of stay communicated, I mean, anything is possible. Um, so as long as you, you know, uh, provide the love that you need to provide for that person, hopefully, you know, that person kind of could, could give you that in return. And if not, you kind of hold, still hold your head up because you've done what you had to do to keep that going. Uh, but being away from each other, I mean, you can only go so far by being away from a person that you love, I mean, at the end of the day. So, yeah. I just remembered I was in a long-distance relationship for, like, a few months, and getting, meeting up is also something that, like, stresses people out. Like, am I going to go there? Are you going to come here? And... All in all, like, I probably forgot about it because I can't really think back on memories. Like, oh, we texted, oh, like, we FaceTimed. But it's really not enough. Like, personally, I need a lot more attention than that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> I'm going to say this right now. Me personally, hell no. Just put that in plenty. But I tested this three times with three close friends of mine, and it all had the same results. So when it comes to long distances, it does not work. Because the simple fact, what everyone says, you have to be there with your partner to communicate and to uh, basically get a mental mindset of understanding. Celebrities, 9 times of 10, they can work it out because they're in the public eye. So you do something, oh, you busted. You know what I mean? So they probably could work it out. As for normal possible people, that's a high risk. Depending if they're that strong enough to um, work it out or if they have the morals of respect or if they're really that committed, they will work it out. 
But me personally, I couldn't do it. You got to be there with me 24-7, you know. Or if out of curiosity, if I was going somewhere long distance-wise, you got to come with me. You know, I want, because the thing about me, I want my partner or lover to be with me all the time. Okay, so maybe if you have money, long distance could be a thing. Because there's like these rich Arab vloggers and celebrities that can fly in every weekend or so. True. And if you, so it's not, that I think is more possible than being poor and doing a long distance relationship. So the next question is, do police abuse their powers in the U.S. or anywhere? And in what ways do you think they do that? pass it around to I think in some cases police I don't know just I don't know if it's like has anything to do with the question but sometimes when I hear about police killing somebody they're the one afraid of the person and that person might not have a gun or anything on them but then they act like all scared and it's like I don't understand it because you have to me and they, it's just like if you if you're gonna be that much of a coward then don't be a police officer at all because you you're trained you have like I'm pretty sure they train them for like months or years to prepare for those kind of things and it just doesn't make sense that they might be like afraid of an unarmed person it makes no sense to me. But yeah. Um, I think it's a good point. Um, uh, yeah, you're like way you like you're like well prepared for situations like that, and you are the one that's fright. You are the one that's scared. Like that. To me, that's. Well, nowadays, it sounds more like an excuse now. I mean, when you look at what's been actually happening, I mean, back to back, this is like no joke no more. Like, this is, <laughs> this is for real. Like, these are the precautions that you really have to take when you might get pulled over. You might be in a gun scuffle. Like, this is, like, this is real nowadays. So, uh, I don't know. I think it's so many different, like, scenarios. I, being a cop isn't easy, um, but um, I, I really do think they really kind of abuse their power. Like, it's like none of that is necessary. Like, none of that is necessary. And it's like they don't even approach people like how they should anymore. Like, it's kind of like it's either shoot, it's either shoot or not. Like, you're going to die or, <laughs> like, it's crazy to me, man. Like, I don't know, man. These police, they just kind of, I think they lose the sight of their training. Like, they don't even put that into the equation. Like, uh, and I do feel like, you know, black men are targeted. I honestly do feel like that. Because you don't really hear about any other person or any other, uh, race going through these heartbreaking moments. I mean, I'm not finished, but go ahead. 
there's a study that showed actually black women are killed by police more, but um, it's not as interesting of news to report. The native people. The native people. Really high. really high. So it's just when you're even more of a minority, black and a woman, like black men should not be killed on the street. Black women should not be killed on the street. Native people should not be killed on the street. But there's people. We also have to just acknowledge the group of people that are being killed that we don't know, that we don't know the faces or the ethnicities or anything. Yeah, because, like, this subject is touchy for me because, huh, being the way I grew up, I was always harassed by just citizens and uh, bad authority. So when it comes to police or just citizens, I I try to stay out of it, but people pressure me into joining stuff like that because it's like I, from my perspective, I've seen many people of all nationalities get killed by cops multiple times. Hell, I lost a skater friend to a cop, and he was a basically he was a punk rock white kid, and he was just killed point blank in the back of the head just skating on the sidewalk. And then on top of that, like. The cop that killed him pretty much was an African-American, but our system let him get away with it because the kid was an adolescent. But none of the least, that still was wrong because I'm like, how can you explain that to his mom? He was only like 13. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and then on top of that, like, how I was raised as citizens and cops were both like a little on that edge of we hate the world, we're going to kill everybody. So it's like, you can't choose sides because everybody wants to kill each other. And I was always afraid that if I did choose a side or if I did get in the middle of this debate on subject, I would be like a target of anyone's rage. So when it comes to police, now I see the power of it being abused, but I see the power of people just losing it and just going mayhem off them because some cops are not all bad. Some cops actually be like, not at all. Yeah. There's a lot of bunch of good cops. Yes. Some people just losing it like, oh, I hate this cop. Think, Let's kill him. I think the bad cops just make it bad. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. Because some cops really don't even shoot. Some cops don't even shoot their guns, period. They just talk to you. And out of curiosity, yeah, it does work. A lot of people. Another thing is, you know, uh, I mean, everybody doesn't experience it. I mean, I haven't really experienced you know, getting, I, I never got pulled over by the police, which, uh, well, I, well, I said pulled over, yeah, well, stopped or harassed or I shouldn't say pulled over, yeah, but, um, never really had those situations. So then again, I really don't even know how to even feel. I just feel for people who, you know, I just feel for people who die like that. You see what I mean? Uh, um, and I just, I just hope, you know, we find some type of resolution with this type of stuff. It's just sad, man. You, I mean, you hear it all the time now. Like, it's really sad. I mean, it's terrible, man. See people just die from people that's supposed to protect you. <laughs> I mean, we call the police to get some type of protection. 
Now you gotta worry for your life. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy to me. Uh, but what I do is, I kind of just you know worry about the stuff I can control, like yeah. being myself, you know, working hard, uh, you know, making sure my family is close together, um, loving, you know, being nice and polite, True. Uh, taking my hobbies to the next level. Uh, praying, you know, uh, believing in God, uh, which I do. So, I mean, I know everybody's different, but I personally believe in God. Um, uh, just, just living right as possible. I mean, uh, and being the change that you want in this world. I feel like, I think that's a a good thing to kind of know and to kind of, uh, keep in your mind. Uh, staying mentally sharp, you know, being head of the ball game, you know, uh, being a bigger person, stuff like that. Uh, killing people with kindness okay. instead of weapons. Yeah, reverse psychology. See what I mean? What do you do to stay, to work on healing or stay sane Jesus. in this world? She, she's out of here. I just mind my business. I don't know. What do you do for yourself? I just, the way my personality is, I just, I get drained a lot from interaction with people. If it's for like a lot of time. And before it used to be like even five minutes with people would drain me. And then I start ignoring them and I act like mean because I don't want to talk. I don't have energy to do anything. But I've been pushing myself to be like more social, even though it drains me. But so healing myself is just like time to myself. I stay in my room most of the time. I barely go out outside of work because it just it calms me and it makes me feel safe. And also like I don't know it. That's how I heal. I just be. I'm just in like by myself, and it's. Huh? Like, Some, I sometimes I watch YouTube videos. Sometimes I read, or like color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just or sleep. Sleep is good too. Yeah, that's it. I stay uplifted by absorbing the madness and testing it, because I have to use this man for example, even though he's a non-fictional, no fictional character, the Joker. <laughs> Reason why, he's the classic psychopath, but the Joker mentioned something that, if a lot of people caught in the movie, in the movie, the movie he said something about, "I'm not the criminal. I'm just the guy chasing the dog. The real criminals are the ones that are creating the bigger problems." And a lot of people caught on to that, and they's like, "Wow." Thanks for listening to our session. And just listen. Have a great day, guys. Thank you. Peace. Deuces. Yeah. You want to say something? Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) No. Thanks for listening to our Just Listen session. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. It was fun and enjoyable. Peace out.
Want to support more programming like this? Rate, subscribe, and review our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Then go to www.listenupyouthradio.org and click donate. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Listen Up Youth Radio. Tell your friends. This episode was edited by Ari Shapiro. Thank you for listening.